0: Welcome to an encore presentation of Compassion Radio. With a cup of cold water for thirsty souls, the kingdom of God is there at the front lines of faith. And this is the daily radio journal that goes there to get that story. Thanks for tuning our way today. For those who say yes to God's call, it's not always clear what that means right off the bat, or what today's work might lead to in the days and years ahead. But thank God for those willing to make that commitment. Without them, so much would be left undone in this world. Today we're going to drop back in on a quickly evolving faith story of Bread of Life Ministry in Poland and our friend Richard Nungesser. This time we'll learn more about some of the people who share in the mission of reaching those who have been overlooked for centuries. Now the homeless of Poland aren't just receiving help and dignity. They're being unleashed to serve a human tsunami of refugees pouring into Poland from the neighboring country of Ukraine. It's a tale of unlikely heroes doing amazing things in unlikely ways. Just the sort of thing that makes the kingdom of God what it is today. Back on Compassion Radio today, we have a good friend that we've been eager to find out an update about what's happening near the front lines of faith out there in Ukraine. Poland is one of the countries that has absorbed most of the refugees coming out of the country during this war with Russia. And of course, that means that Richard is in touch with people all the time that know exactly what's happening, what the needs are, because they're responding to them. You built almost a collective, Richard, of people that are committed passionately to seeing God's great commandment come to life. And that's happening all over the entire country of Poland because of your investment in that country years ago. And we're going to meet one of your key people today. So Richard, I'm going to turn it over to you right now to introduce your friend.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bram. Uh, Thank you for having us on again. Uh, With me today is uh, Tomas Yezik, or we call him Tomek for short. And he is uh, one of the key players in our organization, Bread of Life. And maybe later on in the interview, I can actually give you the history of Tomek and how he started with Bread of Life. It's an amazing story of, of how God just uses ordinary people like us to do extraordinary things. And so Tomek has been doing some extraordinary actions and projects, too, with the Ukrainian refugees in his, in his hometown in Poland.
0: Extraordinary times require extraordinary measures, of course. And this is extraordinary times for the entire world, but especially for those countries that are right cheek and jowl with the conflict that's happening in Eastern Europe. We want to focus on that because God's doing some of his best work through some of his best people. I'm convinced of that. Um, Tomek, let me just throw you a couple of things from the bio that Brooke sent me earlier and have oh. you and Richard respond to that. And Richard, you're welcome to help with the translation or to expand upon that idea, because I don't want to make Tomek feel like he's got to come up with everything in crystal clear English every time, because I know his it's not his first language. But he's being brave today, and I really do appreciate
2: that. No, thank you so much.
0: Okay, so Tomek is a guy that you discovered because he was already someone that had responded to Jesus, or did he discover, Richard, a love affair with the God of the universe because of your ministry?
1: Well, yeah, so we had met Tomek. He came to the Pozon International Church where I was pastoring, and then at that time too, Brooke and I, along with some other friends, were going to the train station five days a week to take hot cups of tea to the homeless, sandwiches, and just to serve them. And so Tomek came as a volunteer. I see, And it would always translate for us either Bible passages or translate just conversations between the homeless and us. And so some of the questions the homeless would ask, you know, why, as an American, are you in Poland? Mm. You know, back in 2001, in 2002, it, it didn't really make sense. Unemployment was super high nationally, you know, it was just 11, 12 years after the fall of communism. People that were homeless, they didn't necessarily want to be homeless, mm-hmm. but they were. And so they like, why are you here? And I would always try to think of some theological answer <laughs> or some Bible verse. And I'm like, man, I'm just here to tell you that God loves you. And so Tomic would translate that. And then the second question the homeless would ask is, hey, why are you helping me? Right. You're a foreigner. Why are you doing it? And again, I would try to think of some Bible verse or something. And I was like, you know, I guess it's because I love you, too. Mm. Um, and I did cause otherwise I could have been doing something else, you know, but I went there to share God's love and then Tomek would translate this stuff. And after about six months, we were having Bible study at our apartment. My wife started inviting homeless people for showers and wash their clothes and feeding them. And then Tomek looked at me and says, you know what? Salvation is great. Mm. I said, why is that? He's like, it's free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> so... Tomek understood the salvation, just being there, translating, seeing God in action, hearing God in word. And then Tomek graduated with his master's in history, hmm. went back to his hometown of Kalish, and unemployment, I think, maybe above it was about, Yeah, about the 20 about percentage. 20%, 20%, 20% in his hometown, yeah. super high. Wow. So getting a job, you know, wasn't quite easy. So Tomek started going to his hometown train station, taking cups of tea and giving them in the name of Jesus.
0: Okay, Tomek, let me hear you tell the story and make sure that I got all the details right from Richard. Did, <laughs> did he tell the truth?
1: Yeah, he tells the truth all the
2: time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good to hear that. So, Tomek, if you could explain to me, was it difficult for you to translate what Richard was trying to say when the homeless in the city were asking questions of you?
2: <laughs> well, I want to improve my English. hmm I want to learn English. That was a, such a big experience for me. And uh, during the time on the train station, I tried to catch what he want to say to others. Uh, plus I check in the Polish Bible mm. and I have a whole picture of that. So that wasn't hard. That wasn't hard.
0: Good. Now, if I get the timeline correct here in what Brooke yes. told me about how you all got to know each other. During this time that you were translating for the Nungessers in their ministry, there you were not a yes. Christian yet. That the idea of salvation in Christ came much later for you. Tell me about what you believed or your spiritual life during the time that you first met them.
2: So I grew up in a Catholic family, mm-hmm. but like uh, Catholics, only focus about good work and be good. When you are good enough, you go to heaven. Finally, I, I arrived to that point uh, because I am martial arts practice and also instructor i'm just trying to look some spiritual power so i try to meditate uh, zen buddhist something like that Mm -hmm. and after i focus a lot about the zen Mm -hmm. and when i heard the message the message converts me holy spirit opened my heart and Mm. And here I am in a good place.
0: Interesting that you would be focusing on Zen, which would be a practice of trying to build a discipline of inner peace so that you're not at war with yourself or at war with the world. And that Zen is supposed to be a state of being that once you attain it, yeah. you're in control. You, you don't have to worry about your responses being out of control. That mm-hmm. would be the objective of that. So you are already pursuing that kind of peace that provides contentment and inner safety and meaning. When you started hearing the gospel, did you discover a different kind of peace, or was it more like this is what Zen was supposed to be all along?
2: Yeah, that was a quite different peace. That mm. uh, peace actually, in Zen, also I will struggle where I will go when I die. Mm. In the Bible give a very clear pictures, spiritual peace, and exactly I know if I die, I go directly to heaven because not my works, not my attitude. Because I put the trust in Jesus and the salvation in His salvation, and yeah.
0: And that was something that was a natural progression for you. You believe that there was a personal call to you to respond yeah. to that message.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, true,
0: true. Okay, Richard, I'll ask you: What was the transformation like you saw in Tomek when he decided that I'm all in?
1: You know, with uh, Tomek going back to his hometown, um, it wasn't easy for him. I think bet. you know, trying to get a job, but then going to the train station which is kind of the complete opposite of moving forward in life and progressing up. (laughs) He was going to the lowly, to -hmm. the homeless, to those that had nothing, where he himself as a graduate with his master's also basically had nothing where he should be rising up. Mm -hmm. But he was going to the lowly. And I think that was something amazing to see in Tomek's life, that he had the humility. And He's like, you know, God's asked me to do this. I'm going to go do it and to serve people. And he has served people his whole life. We've known each other for over twenty years now. Good twenty years. <laughs> and to see him, yeah, to see him. Awesome. Serve and maybe not having the answers because mm-hmm. you know back twenty years ago we couldn't provide home for the homeless, you know, work, all this other stuff. But we can give them the hope of Jesus with a cup of water in His name. Mm-hmm. So he was faithful in doing that and inspired his town to do that just the same.
0: All right. So the template's been laid out because of your post on church. Now, Tomek, the way you described your early encounters with faith within the Catholic Church is that the very things that you were doing with Richard were the very things you were hearing in church as a child, perhaps. And then suddenly discovering there's real power in these things, that doing these things is becoming like Jesus, is Jesus coming close to you. So it was like almost a completion of the early seed of message in your life, but it came Mm -hmm. to life in you when God was ready to bring it out in you, is what it seems like.
1: Yeah. And I think for Tomek too, you know, when he said, hey, salvation is great, I said, why? "Why?" He's like, it's free. Mm -hmm. So even that whole concept of Tomek going back and, and giving things for free like as far as tea, but then he also went and started doing karate lessons for kids Hmm. and kids that couldn't afford it. He did it for free, but yet he still encouraged the kids and had them do like community-type service projects. So he knocked down a lot of barriers for people, Mm -hmm. access to the simplicity of God.
0: Tomek, when you went back to your hometown, what did you think you were going to do?
2: Mm, uh, I was thinking that I would be a teacher, Hmm. (laughs) but uh, yeah, that was my plan. That's plan was uh, quite different. Uh, i started to serve uh, to the bread of life mm-hmm. finally i remember the time that Richard says, hey we are growing we have a lot of uh, homeless people in 2004 that was probably mm-hmm. i'm just going to states and i try to collect the money to purchase a mm-hmm. transition home in new life center i say directly i'm going with you i'm going with you but richard says i don't have enough money to hmm. pay for your ticket and i will find the money for the ticket yeah i follow the decision and gas provide the money and what is interesting in the same time we had in poland huge unemployment hmm. i get the visa as a single and i was unmarried so three main reasons to be kicked out from visa progress in u.s embassy in poland but god provide And after, uh, through the trips, uh, he provided money to purchase.
0: You raised money together. So, Richard, what all did you get for the first fundraising you did on behalf of his work there in Khalige?
1: I'm not sure if I shared this story with you in the past or not, but that first year of raising funds to purchase this property for about $100,000, we collected about $50. Hmm.
0: Will you help us get ready for the next Big Faith Challenges and Opportunities of this year? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our Bible and relief partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. It's available 24-7. Our Safe and Secure Order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time Business Hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's one 800 868 2478. You can also text Compassion to 53445 to give right through your phone, no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out whatever way works best for you. And now, back to the program.
1: That first year of raising funds to purchase this property for about a hundred thousand dollars, we collected about fifty dollars. Hmm. <laughs> that, that first That's year. <laughs> yeah. Then second year was about uh, four hundred fifty dollars. So after two years of trying to collect funds, we have about five hundred dollars. Then the third year, we came back and we toured ten different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, the road, my wife and I by ourselves um, in, in six weeks, I only stayed in a hotel I think once or twice, always with a church or with a family. Right. Collected about 15000 at that point. Okay. Um, and then Tomek came back, I think, that year. And so we had about 15000 And then, you know, as missionaries, my wife and I were raising our own support.
0: On top of the projects, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we had a family who I had never met before. They sent in a personal check for $5,000 to my wife and I. Wow. We thought, this is fantastic. Because we had $25 in our checking account, $25 in our savings account. Everything we had, we were giving to those that had less than us. Right. Who were homeless trying to rescue those people when our organization says hey you have these funds you know immediately our mind went to like hey we can get international health insurance we can mm. pay taxes maybe get a car you know yeah. you know get some things but then it was interesting because god spoke to my wife's heart and my heart at the same time and said that money is not for you give mm. it away so we told our organization that we wanted to give it away to this project new life center our organization says well <laughs> they knew our financial situation and said if you want to that's up to you but maybe have the family redesignate those funds because then you won't have to pay tax on those funds, you know, and you can get more money for the project. So the organization called the family and says, hey, this is what Richard and Brooke would like to do. Do they have your blessing? They said, well, we've heard of Richard and Brooke, but we've never heard of this New Life Center project. So let's have lunch together. And if we see it's a worthy project, then they can have our blessing. So we had lunch together. Tomek was with us. Yeah. Um, had lunch with this couple and told them what we wanted to do. And they said, Hey, you know, that's really wonderful. You know, it's your money. You want to give it away? It's up to you. (laughs) So we said, Yeah, let's give it away. And so now we had about twenty thousand dollars after three years, still quite far from our goal. Right. But I remember our director and I was sharing my frustrations, like, hey, I feel like God's asked me to do this, but it's not working. And he asked me the question, he says, do you know what God's asked you to do? Evidently not this, because you know, it's just not working. He said to me, he's like, you know, the only thing that God's asked you to do is to be faithful to him. And that's all you need to do. So I think that's encouraged us, but it didn't provide the rest of the funds.
0: So, you know, Staying faithful to something is, well, that's a great emotional yeah. statement, but it still requires a plan. So what did God tell you to do?
1: Yeah. So that that was a plan. Like after that, like we just kind of felt God said, give that money away. So we gave that money away, had lunch with this couple, um, and had their blessing. We had the twenty thousand. And then the couple called the office the very next day and says, You know, God touched our heart. So we wrote one more check for eighty thousand US dollars hmm. go and buy the property. And it's the same property that we met last time where we're building these tiny homes. Right. So expansion of this New Life Center property that Tomek was part of back in 2004 Four, or 5. Or and, 5. Yeah. I, I forgot.
0: Yeah. Tomek, this reminds me that the story of how God has moved in a life when it's shared has real power. Because you can't argue with testimony. If this is what God has done in you, and you believe in the guessers and their work and the project, you want to see them succeed, and you pray and speak that way. You want God to use your voice to make it happen too. That family obviously responded to both of your stories. So New Life Center came into being, and it started all these other good things. Now you take that same conviction back to Kalish, that it can happen in your hometown, one of the oldest towns, if not the oldest town in all of Poland, according to their claim to pride. When you came back to your city, and you've been part of this New Life project over in on, what did God tell you to do next?
2: Find a church because I need place to grow, mm-hmm. and I finally I find a Baptist church, small one. And a couple years later, the pastor gone and mm-hmm. leave, give up congregation, and almost all members gone with him, um. go directly to the world. So finally we arrived to the point that only five people stay in a church. Wow! I was surprised why God put me directly to that church. In 2022, I know why. On the beginning, in 2006, everything was covered. In mm. 2022, after that time, our church was growing slowly, but God provided the people. We were faithful to him. We make a service. We pray, we pray. And we don't have a band. We don't mm-hmm. have a talented people. We have a Jesus. And Jesus brings the people. So we start feeding the People in the church, we start lessons in the church. And when crisis started, we declare as a church, church with uh, difficulties, bring the Christian families from Ukraine to Kalish and provide the housing, all the stuff. And finally, we arrived to the point that our church is packed. Yeah. It's packed. Half to half, uh, Polish and Ukrainians are awesome. together. And God provide the housing. Everything. And sometimes people are afraid. Oh, you know, I I hear that I must find the Ukraine's people are afraid. I must find a house. I said, just trust. Hmm. Everything will be okay. But, you know, God's timing is perfect timing. Just trust. Don't be under stress. But this lady told me I don't have any place to go. Trust. Hmm. I know this is hard way. I know what you feel about it. I know what you hear, but just trust the God. And before I fly here, God provide housing for 16 people, 16 people. We need only for two of them place. That's all. Can you imagine?
0: Richard, when you talked with Tomek during this time... And he's finding ways for God to use him. He's he's learning that trust and obey, really, in his life. Mm-hmm. How are you counseling him about his ministry there?
1: You know, with Tomek, he mentioned the church. So he's actually the leader, the pastor of the church as well.
0: And he has been since that falling apart?
1: Yep, yep. So when the pastor moved to another town and left and the church kind of fell apart, then Tomek took the leadership role in mm. that. Very similar how I took the leadership role in the church, the Pozon International Church. Okay. Because the former pastor also left and it kind of left the the people without a shepherd. We both took on the same yeah. responsibility. And Tomic has a church building there in so
0: mm-hmm.
1: He's been working on renovating that. Yeah. It really it's crazy. In poor, poor <laughs> shape. So we've done all new electrical, new plumbing, new heating. So now we're renovating the upstairs where we'll build Crystal. the house more. Uh, Ukrainian refugees out of that church. And where God has planted that church has also been, I think, what they call the Bermuda Triangle (laughs) in the city of (laughs) college. It's the worst neighborhood you can ever go into. Um, And God has us in that neighborhood. Like when you turn on the street, and I kid you not, on the wall, it's been written in spray paint. It's been tagged in English. It says, welcome to gangland. <laughs> but we're able to do camps in there and outreach and go into every single door and invite people to the church. And it really has a huge ministry there. Um, and then Tomac also, too, like with serving the people, we see a lot of the children have a, a Goliath in front of them. You know, it could be like their dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. It could be alcohol, just repeating this generational cycle of dysfunction, Um, So Tomek, because of his love for martial arts and karate, started a club called David's Club. Hmm. Just how David overcame Goliath. These kids and the kids in also the city can also overcome Goliath in their lives when they face it. And how many students do you have in the club? 300 right now.
0: 300 students. Okay. That's an academy. That's not a class.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was going to say just before COVID happened, of Life with uh, Davis Club hosted the junior national championships for the entire country of Poland awesome. there in college.
2: Yeah. Plus, during the summer, we have a Christian camps and we invite American people to help us with sharing of good news. Awesome.
0: Do you do other so, sports as well during those summer camps, or is it all about uh, the martial arts?
2: Not only martial arts. Martial Art- arts, basketball, baseball, football, soccer. He's yeah. want to play
0: yeah. And they had their own language. And that happened, did you say, right before COVID hit? And then, of course, two years after that, we have an invasion of Ukraine. So how did all that, as you see it, Tomek, you were praying all those years that God would build your church. He was saying, trust me, I'll help you build this church. You live like that. You see and people trickle in. And then the world falls apart, and they're pouring in. And suddenly, you are having more growth than you can handle. And God says, well, you asked for it. So here they are.
2: <laughs> True. What, it's amazing because well, be aware of what are you are asking for. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Finally we we decide, well, we have a people from Ukraine and we don't have a housing. Mm. And I asked people from the city council, my friends, who are helping sometimes with different kinds of problems with NGO, just for housing. And they said, Yes, we have place for them. Finally we arrived to the point that well, we must provide the house mm-hmm. and we know that God will provide in his time. So uh, we get the money from one supporters to buy the flats. So we host four people from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We open doors in our church. So we host one lady, old lady from Kiev. And Kiev, the city is in terrible shape. And another family came and I was so sad. I said, well, we have a first floor in church, but the first floor is under construction. You like to live here? And they said, yes, it's better than bomb. Yeah, it is. And I realized to myself that for some reasons we have a lot. A lot. We don't see that. our real life, we have cars, we have houses, sometimes two or three. We have a lot. We should be blessed. We should worship our God and be thankful for everything what we have because... Maybe someday we can last everything.
0: Well, it's kind of a a theology of abundance that when you believe God has you and you have God there, that there's no difficulty in asking God to reach into his own pocketbook to provide for the needs of his children. Yeah. But it's about an immediacy, isn't it? About the Emmanuel, God is with us in this. Yeah, true. exactly. We reach out to him from afar and say, if you're there, God, could you please send? Oh, yeah. And when God's saying, I'm right here, let's do it together.
2: Uh, Yeah. And I see how God touched a lot of non-Christian people mm. to help. And I tell you the story. This is my favorite story from 2022. We host people, but we don't have a clothes. We get the clothes from non-Christian organization. And I ask my friends, because I know her, she moved to the UK. I need uh, your help with clothes. I will send a truck on the beginning. I was thinking that that will be a small truck she sent the big lorry yeah the big 18 wheeler <laughs>
1: okay yeah
2: i said wow i don't have a place where i should put that stuff
0: no place to store all the bounty
2: <laughs> yeah i said we are renting the place for the david clan in a mall mm-hmm. and i went to the director and i see how god touched their hearts before i went there and she said I read the article that some mall opened the doors for Ukraine. I would like to do the same with Bread of Life. Hmm. I said, wow, because I don't have any place to put the clothes. So through that time, the mall hosts us and for over one year for free. They pay for electricity, they pay for cleaning. We hire uh, three Ukrainian Christian girls to take care about the Ukraine's people, to share good news in free shop. We call that free shop because they can take the stuff for free. Mm -hmm. And right now we must pay for the facility 250 bucks per month. Not bad. Yeah, not bad.
0: We'll have more on this faith-building story from Bread of Life Ministry in Poland on tomorrow's broadcast. In the meantime, please support them and this ministry with your generous gift today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Give online at CompassionRadio.com or mail your gift to P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. We'll be back for part two of this inspiring interview tomorrow. God bless.